to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome, or welcome back to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in today, and you will be glad you did. Uh, because I am joined today uh, by the wonderful Ben Jones, who uh, is the founder and the CEO of Missional Generation. And we're going to be having uh, a fascinating conversation about immersive technologies and the emerging generations. But before we get to that conversation, let me just first tell you about Limitless One coming up very soon on the 12th of February. And that is in Eight locations. It's one event, uh, one limitless family. And whatever, whatever church, whatever denomination, whatever background you're from, uh, you are invited to bring your young people to a location near you. Whether you're in Ireland, Scotland, Wales, or England, there are eight locations all over uh, the UK and Ireland. And we're going to be gathering together uh, for an evening of worship, ministry, and teaching. Uh, and a little bit of a pre-show as well. So head to limitlesselim.co.uk where you can find out the venue nearest to you, where you can get all of the info and where you can get your tickets. And there are only a fiver as well uh, for the evening. So uh, happy days. Looking forward to seeing you at Limitless One. But enough of that. Uh, let me introduce Ben. Ben, welcome to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. Thanks, Tim. It's great to be there. And it sounds like an exciting program. Get booked on, guys. In Yes, yes. Limitless One is great. We love it. It will be the maybe the fourth year of, of Limitless One. And it's great to, yeah, we really enjoy that thing of like young people all over the nation in different locations, but connected together. It's good fun. It's good fun. But anyway, uh, it's not about it's not about me, Ben. Uh, <laughs> I'm here to talk to you. Um, so Missional Generation is uh, your ministry that you founded, that you lead. Um, tell us, what is uh, Missional Generation? Little, A little bit of the story, how you got it started, why you got it started, most importantly, and what you're seeking to do through it. Yeah, fantastic. So Missional Generation has just turned nine, so we track my son's age. So uh, when I founded the Missional Generation vision, um, my wife and I were about to have our first son, Christopher. So um, talking to a, a heavily pregnant lady and saying, well, I'm about to set up a charity and stop my work. And uh, so that was a fantastic, faithful, exciting journey. Um, <laughs> Missional Generation is a uh, primary objective is to equip young people to become influential for God in all arenas of life. And we believe young people can and are at the cutting edge of society. And we want to cheer them on and encourage them. And we teach three foundational truths for mission living formed in the image and likeness of God, accepted by the death and resurrection of Jesus, and empowered by the Holy Spirit to live influential lives. And we think and believe that the, the trends and in, interactions of what's going on in our world, uh, they need to be shaped and, and impacted by faithful Christian young people and children. And so we want to encourage young people to take a real center stage in growing in their confidence. And it's heavily rooted in the idea of Nehemiah. So Nehemiah yeah. had a vision to rebuild and restore the walls of Jerusalem. And he fostered a culture and empowered a people movement to take part in restoring their places and spaces they occupy. And that's our vision, is to encourage and cheer on the churches, the young people, the children, and the leaders of the churches to think, how do we get young people to restore those places and spaces where the church needs to occupy? Love that, Ben. Uh, Nehemiah happens to be one of my favourite books of the Bible, so I can get on board with that. <laughs> Excellent. We could do a whole um, podcast on it. <laughs> we, could, we certainly could, yeah. Um, uh, but what's, I think, unique uh, about Missional Generation is the way that you use and utilise these immersive technologies um, to to those those missional goals that you just described. So um, 
you are using a lot of VR and AR, so virtual reality and augmented reality. That's right. um, in layman's terms, Ben, help me out here. Um, mm. What are they? And crucially, what's the difference? Because I'm not sure I know that. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's great. So the reason why I love technology and the immersive technology is I'm dyslexic. And I absolutely love the interactive and immersive learning. And, uh, and I think right now, more than ever, our young people have got... Uh, the smartphone accessibility at their hands. And so what it is, is basically virtual realities where you use a cardboard Google V2 headset or Oculus Quest or um, other equivalent to Oculus Quest, where you can utilize a space where you go to somewhere and you interact and immersively walk around and you play games, you communicate, you interact. And the wonderful thing about the VR is it allows you to step into a world that is never your local context. And you can immersively explore and interact with it and move around in it. That's virtual reality. Augmentative reality is where you're using a smartphone, but in the years to come, some nice pair of cool-looking glasses, you can bring things into your reality and interact with it and walk around and interact and touch and feel through a screen or through the ability in hologram experience when you're using augmentative reality glasses. So really, it's using smart technology to go somewhere or to bring something into your reality and immersively explore and learn and digitally interact with it. And uh, I just love digital and I think the church needs to grow confident in it. The pandemic has put us into a place of forcing ourselves to be confident in digital communications, but actually there's a whole lot more that the church can learn from in using VR and AR as a form of starting point. So if I'm getting this right, AR is Pokemon Go and VR is Ready Player One. Well, VR is, yeah, I mean, I mean, what you've done there is you've, you've taken a video and a video game, which I like it, yeah. So Pokemon, Pokemon was the, one of the first augmented reality experience games where right. you could use yeah. your smartphone. And Ready Player One is an example of people plugging into the virtual world, creating a virtual avatar, and away they go, um, which is obviously where we see Facebook is going right now. Um, but yeah, VR is you put something on your head and you go somewhere. AR is you take something out of through your smartphone or your glasses, and you really bring that into your reality and okay. have fun. I got it. I got it. I got it. I think I got it. Uh, so um, uh, we'll talk a little bit about how you and Mission Generation have utilized these tools. But in, in general terms, Ben, you know, mm. w- why is it that you think these tools are useful, are helpful um, for discipleship, for mission? Mm. Um, and ha- how, how do we use them? Yeah, great. So I think, I think the question before that is, is um, how can the church or how can youth and children's ministry go com- grow confident in innovation? Okay. Because it's all about the innovation. So the yeah. idea of us growing confident in using these tools is because we have a heart for innovation. And if we don't have that heart, then we're not looking at the current trends and interests that are out there and asking ourselves the question, how does the church use this to present the gospel? How does the church strengthen young people to be peer-led leaders? to present their gospel to their friends. So the reason why we're using it is that we see young people are constantly immersively engaged on their smartphones. Right. And, 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 and there is a tool. So we ask ourselves, how do we make use of the generation that engages with smart devices? And as a result of that, we then start thinking, right, who do we know? What can we do? How do we start to play with this? So we started to design um, virtual reality stuff. And then we realized, actually, in a few years' time, Google Cardboard headsets are going to become obsolete because the immersive experience of Oculus Quest and other equivalents are going to become thing of the, the norm. 
and augmented reality glasses. So we. You got. I'm gonna. Uh, let me. Let me. Let me pause you there, Ben, because you're gonna have to tell me the difference between the the you know the Google stuff and the Oculus Quest. Yeah. Uh, okay. Fill, fill me in on that. What 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 have been the advances in the technology? What what's the difference between the the two, yeah. and why is the one so much better than the other? So your Google Cardboard headset is the equivalent of a cardboard rectangular box that has a strap that you put over your head. And you, you slot your mobile phone in there. And you've got a little right. button on the top and you click on it and you rotate your head around and experience things. And you use things like a, a, your head is a mouse and the button on the side of the cardboard headset taps a little thing on the screen that allows you to kind of select something that you want to go and experience. And that okay. is what we've seen in schools um, so Google did a whole load of movement into schools with cardboard headsets and smart devices like Android or iPhone. Um, the next thing up from that is the Oculus Quest, or a couple of years ago, it was the Oculus Go, it was the Oculus Rift, now it's the Oculus Quest, and now it's the Oculus Quest 2. Um, and uh, and we've, done, we've jo- chosen to go down the Oculus route, but there are obviously other things like um, Sony has got equivalent or, or HTR, HTV Vive as well. The The... The extra, uh, extra stuff that they bring is that it's a full-on immersive headset gaming experience where you can use um, hand, uh, hand controllers and go and explore and play and interact and build relationships and create your own avatar character. And all of that. So, so do you need your phone for that or are they like self-supporting systems? Yes, they're self-supporting systems that have um, the ability to connect to Wi-Fi and then you download games and interact. So Got basically, it's, it's like a TV remote, but it's on your head. And you're just selecting something that instantly plays and engages. Um, one is obviously a lot cheaper than the other. Cool, cool yeah. cardboard headset. <laughs> you, can, you can buy them for five off our website, but you can't buy Oculus Quest because you don't have the license to sell them. Um, but it's a lot more expensive. Stick a few more knots on the end of that fiver. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. It, it so, go back to your original point then, you were talking about innovation and, cr- and creativity. And I guess incarnation as well, being in that space where young people are and utilizing those tools. So, carry on. Yeah, so I think if, if the church doesn't know how to innovate and grow through understanding things that are coming out, rightly so, we get challenged by new initiatives come out. TikTok, for instance, came out a number of years ago, and everyone was like, oh, we're not sure about TikTok. Well, if we should, should we not? Should we be engaging on people? Should charities have their own TikTok? Should church vicars and church leaders have their own TikTok accounts? And now it's a thing of norm. Now we're seeing, as recently today, BBC's just put out a little news report on uh, how faith is booming and growing uh, along technology and social media platforms like TikTok because there's loads of people using TikTok to make uh, little short videos. And from nuns to to Jewish communities to Buddhist communities, and they were doing this little spectrum of information that was going along in the the BBC News, saying that conversations about faith is growing because of the way TikTok has been used with those people using it to talk about interesting interesting and that does challenge us because if we are not able to branch out into that new place and it's probably because policies procedures reasons why we don't do it safeguarding and all of that emotional well-being is all important to look in and weigh up do we get involved in these things and are we able to then look at making sure we're making it safe and interactive correctly and sometimes we don't spend the time listening and talking about it and we don't pick those up yeah, that is an important philosophical question, isn't it? And uh, maybe we can we can come to it now. And that, I guess, is to what degree do we or should we, um, I guess, seek to create a Christian version of the culture 
And to what degree do we seek to create a a a counterculture? And I guess the argument for the former is is uh, the incarnation of Jesus that he comes to us. He comes to the space where we already are in order to reach us and rescue us. And I guess the argument for the latter is that. Um, the, the the way the early church grew and spread was they were distinctive they they did not merge into the culture they looked very very different it was a it was a counterculture and christianity's always been a counterculture mm. um and, and so i guess you could you could form a a missional philosophy um uh from either approach you've obviously gone for that that kind of incarnational approach and said hey we've got to we've got to be in these spaces we've got to utilize these tools so 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 what 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 is it that's caused you to weigh in on that side of the yeah uh, of the argument i suppose man that's a really that's a really good observation i think um let me um share a little bit about how we've utilized or not utilized tiktok so when tiktok came out we decided not the world did not need to see me tiktokating in front of a camera oh, that I, was quite I think, I, I debate that ben i'd like to see I'd like we to get, if we if we somehow get a really anonymous massive donation into the charity, I will do a TikTok for you, Tim. Um, but 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 I got I sat there thinking like, okay, we're on Facebook, we're on um, Instagram, um, and we're, and we're on Twitter. Do we want to take on another platform to occupy? And I got challenged in my heart through praying and thinking about it. I felt God was calling me to raise up a generation that occupies those spaces and places to represent the kingdom of God better, not for Michelle generation to jump onto um, TikTok and do a load of stuff. Because it right. goes back to the Nehemiah story. Nehemiah did never, he didn't go and put bricks and mortars and, and repair, repair every single gate. He fostered a movement and a culture that shifted the way that people spent their time and place in those places that needed to be um, Very good. repaired. Very good. And so I, so I sensed God was saying to us as a charity, um, the, the don't put yourself onto TikTok. Raise up a generation that occupies that space to communicate something of importance. And that connects with something that we do and we teach when we visit youth groups and also train up youth workers is the uh, DDM approach, Digital Discipleship to Mission, is that we help them people to understand the context is digital, the responsibility is discipleship, and the blessing that comes through that is the missional lifestyle that we reach out to people with. And so it's the DDM, Digital the discipleship to mission because we are not called as youth workers children's workers to occupy every single platform we're called up to raise young people so where they occupy the spaces that we don't spend time with they are representing the true nature of the kingdom of god um and we call it their organic language of heaven so somebody who's a tiktok lover who loves it completely that's their organic language of heaven to communicate the kingdom of god if you're a baker then that's your organic language of heaven. Communicate the kingdom of God through that field. Interesting. Well, let me push back on you a little bit then, Ben, because I think this is an interesting debate and discussion. Um, what would you say to somebody who might urge caution um, with engaging with some of these platforms for a variety of reasons? So let me give you an example. Um, in the early days, I downloaded TikTok set up my profile with the app on my phone, opened it up. I, I had like no like history on there or, you know, that, so there was no algorithm other than TikTok identified I was a male in my 30s. <laughs> yeah. So I open up TikTok and it is full of girls dancing in pretty much their underwear. So I deleted it. 
I deleted it yeah. straight away because on I, I you could argue, well, yeah, you're a youth worker, you need to understand the context, blah 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 blah. But mate, I don't need that. You know, that's not helping me. <laughs> Um, to follow jesus you know what i mean and so so that might be one another you know somebody might say well you know these kind of platforms whether it's gaming or it's social media you know it's designed for addiction distraction isn't it and that's kind of the economic model that's how they make their money that's how it works Uh, let me okay let me say it like this ben i once heard an illustration um uh, it was specific to social media not not ar or, or, or vr um but i thought this illustration was really inadequate because what they said was, um, they said, well, you see, social media is kind of like a kitchen knife. And they said, you, you can use it either to make a delicious or nutritious meal, or you can use it to cause harm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt that that was an, adequate, uh, an inadequate illustration. And here's why, because a kitchen knife is passive. Um, it's not influencing me to do anything that the same can't be said of social media, right? Which is influencing me to spend more time on it via whatever it is, via the notifications I get, via the algorithm serving me up content that it knows I'm going to spend more time with via the feedback loop of likes and comments and so forth. It's, it's not passive. It's coming after my time and attention. And that's where I felt the kitchen knife illustration fell short for me. So, um, you're encouraging us, okay, yeah, raise up a, a generation of young people who occupy those spaces for the gospel. I mm. get the argument for that. What would you say to me if I said, actually, do you know what I want to do is I want to help young people um, disengage from those spaces on the basis that they're unhealthy for those kind of various reasons. How, what would your contention be to, the, to, to, to me if I, if I was to, to go, go in that direction? Yeah, so I think it's I think it's really interesting uh, what you're saying there because uh, in my head I'm thinking, okay, is this youth group got a culture for missional lifestyle that's been embedded and taught and empowered and and discussed on a regular basis, applied theology? Are we seeing if that if that youth, is that youth group engaged in that level of reflective of, of scripture? And if so, mm. then then maybe possibly those young people may not be. Um, uh, easily persuaded by those platforms uh, in comparison to a youth group that doesn't have that embedded into their culture of how they raise up young people. Because you know, and I know, we do youth work on a regular basis, and it sometimes it's just trying to encourage them to join and give them a safe space to interact, and we some want to give them safe spaces to in- to describe and explore life. But actually, sometimes the applied theology is sometimes missed in the context of what we do from a week-to-week basis, which is part of the reason why Missional Generation established itself, is we felt the call to raise up a missional generation of young people. Because what we teach is something called an MOT. So you don't put a vehicle on a road every year unless you MOT your vehicle. Mm-hmm. You have to MOT your vehicle to make that vehicle roadworthy so it's not going to break down and cause problems in your journeys. Well, that's the same thing what we do with young people and with youth groups and youth leaders is we get them to reflect on an MOT model, motivation, opportunity, timescale. And we ask them why these things are important. What is my motivation to go onto TikTok? Is okay. it because all my friends are on it and I feel I'm missing out? Well, then that is the fear of missing out of FOMO. And yeah. we discuss and we deal with that. If it, is actually, I wanna, yeah. if it is something I wanna do because I feel that I've got a heart for creativity, I've got a heart for expressing myself, yeah. then let's go, well, yeah. okay, let's make sure the opportunity yeah. that comes out of this 
is rooted in, I want to be an evangelist. or I want to be somebody that speaks about some campaign that is so dear to my heart. And so yeah. therefore the nature of that is correct. So the motivation, the opportunity, yeah. Yeah. and then the timescale is, is, um, is it a reason, season, or lifetime? And is it something that you should do constantly? Because if it's a short period, then that's okay. If it's consuming you, then your Very motivation good. opportunity has been dis, dis, um, dis, uh, what's the word? It's been impacted by the, the amount of time that you're engaged in it. So the algorithm's taken over your motivation opportunity. And yeah. so it's trying to get them to understand what is the motive about something. And if it is a missional call to raise up a voice of something that's campaigning for something that's injustice or empowering young people to, into uh, knowing who the love of Jesus is, then I'm okay with them occupying that. Yeah. Now, having said that, a statistic for you is during the last 18 months of the age 16 to 24, 84% say between the age of 16 and 24 says that their mental health and well-being has been negatively affected over the last 18 months. Yeah. Because the amount of screen engagement, because the amount uh-huh. of disconnection of relationships, and the only place yeah. they could have relationships is through the social media communications engagements. Yeah. Yeah. So I know there's, there's such an important thing. Well-being and mental health is really important for young people. It's important to me as well. But it's all going right back to this sense of what is it that we can do that raises the missional call in young people's lives? And if it's not healthy, then, then limit it or stop it. Mm. Um, and, and, and it's a nurturing those conversations. I, I think that's what's going in my head when you're, when you're presenting that thought to me. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I love that thought of the MOT and what's the motivation. And, and you spoke about like, you know, mission and evangelism or, or a cause, but, you know, even just that thing of like an expression of creativity, mm. um, you know, it, it is a really, yeah, particularly, I guess, with YouTube or TikTok, uh, you know, if, if somebody is a, a, a dancer or they see themselves as a little bit of a filmmaker and, you know, these are great spaces to put those innovative and creative arts uh, to practice, aren't they? So I, I get that side of it as well so so ben tell me this because you alluded well let me uh, let me just jump in let me jump in with them Uh, let's give an example of that so there's a there's a young girl i can't remember if it was i think it was tiktok that used tiktok during lockdown um whenever she was stacking shells in tesco's she was singing songs that were on the west end and the west end gave her a job to come and do a performance on the west end theater because she used her creativity in the midst of what is a really boring job, which is stacking shelves. I'm not saying Tesco's is boring or stacking shelves is not a good job. It's just, it's just the same thing every day. And what she did is she used TikTok and she danced and, and, and sung to the songs that then gave her an opportunity to um, take a center stage in, in West End. And you know, that is the excited creativity of influence that lends those young people to something far more than just, I'm in front of a screen with thousands of people watching me for a few three seconds. It's got to lead to somewhere uh, that, f- that is built from creativity. Um, but, but then that's the call of influence there. Mm, interesting. Interesting. Um, you, you alluded earlier to maybe some of the reasons um, other than those I've mentioned that um, may make churches or youth leaders hesitant to engage with some of these platforms. You, you alluded to, oh, well, is, there a, is there a safeguarding implication? How do we manage all? Could you, could you give us some practical hints and tips around um, when we do engage with these technologies, how we do that mm. appropriately and, and safely safeguard our leaders, safeguard our young people? Yep. What have you learned about, about that? Yeah. 
So already we know from experience that the young people are occupying these platforms way, for, way quicker than any church leader or youth leader is probably engaging with. So the biggest thing is invite young people in on the conversation and enable yeah. them to say to us, this is what this platform does and this is how it's been used and these are my concerns, but these yeah. are the exciting things and give them a space to hear from us before we implement a kind of do's or don'ts onto that or drop it into a preach because we're engaging young people to think differently about the way to use technology. I think it's really important to engage in conversation. The, the next thing is, is you're then going to ask yourself the question, do we need these platforms to reach the young people that we're wanting to reach? Because if not, then don't try and do it because actually it's quite exhausting. So one of the things during the pandemic, I was constantly trying to teach the youth workers that we support is don't start something off that you won't do past, past the post, uh, past pandemic. Don't try and do a whole load of daily videos if you're not going to do that when you've finished because of your, your the, the pandemic has changed the rhythms and you're allowed to now meet with them. Do something that is right and ready every single time because then that means it's organic, it's regular, it's interactive. It's not going to be just for a season because you let the young people down if you are providing something and then stop it straight away. So what you want to try and do is do things that are manageable and do things that are safe. sustainable, I guess. Yeah, that's yeah. the one the word. That's the word. That's the word. And I think um I think we've all had to rechange our policies. We never knew about Zoom when the pandemic hit us. We were instantly quick to go onto Zoom. We started to use Zoom and therefore we had to bid, put that into our into our um uh, risk assessments and we had to put that into our parental consent forms and we had to then get the um, safeguarding policy team to to get a head around it to work out how it works because what we're doing is we're actually going into a young person's home in a digital way that we've never done before we've never go into their bedrooms and sit and talk to them because that's where they are doing their youth group sessions sometimes and so we've got to look at the risks and ask the question how do we maintain this to be still a safe space for young people to engage in it um and uh, online gaming was something. So a lot of people were yeah. going, yeah. do we do, uh, do we play Fortnite? Because it's uh, quite a graphical type shooting game. Do we play Among Us? Because it's in theory still murder, but it's less than Fortnite. And, and so what we try to do is we try to create the right space for youth leaders to play and engage with these games with us before they then go and offer that to their young people. So they know what the dangers are. They know how to do it. So we host Minecraft discipleship regularly. Even now, there's still one youth group who has not decided to meet in person. They're still meeting online, and we host their monthly discipleship with Minecraft. But we've created a server that's safe because we risk assessed it and looked at all the dangers. And youth groups now are using that server with us in there. Tell, tell me so, about that. Tell me about the Minecraft discipleship. How does that, how does that work then? Yeah, so it's called Mindfill Building that we do. Um, and we give them a task on a week uh, that we have got. So to, to actually tonight, Friday night, uh, I am doing a session tonight and I've got an opportunity to give all, uh, for 40 minutes a group of young people the chance to go and build something in this world that we've made that then gives them the chance to articulate from a third person's perspective because they're talking about the thing they've built about what that means, why it's important, how that is relevant, how does it change the situation in our lives, which is some way them describing themselves, but they're not talking about I, they're talking about the thing I've built. And we get them to articulate and deeply think about what they've built. And we bring scripture in, we bring an applied theology, and we take a time of Holy Spirit encounter 
And then we go around and fly around and see people's what they've all made. And we talk about it and we hear the young people say what they've made and why they've made it. Wow. And then we go back to go and play. Um, and we've, this was rooted by a young person who came to us in the pandemic says, I think we should do discipleship on Minecraft. Um, and he didn't have the funds or the infrastructure. And we said, well, we'll do that if you come with us. And so we pay him a little pocket money to host these sessions with us. And we travel around different youth groups. And uh, it's been regularly for quite a few youth groups until, up until now, where we're just doing it once now with a youth group. Um, but it's another place where young persons grow confident. So MOT, motivation, opportunity times. Yeah. The motivation yeah. of the young person was wanting to do Minecraft, citywide Minecraft. And then the opportunity became him shaping it. The time scale is until this youth this youth group no longer functions online we might then reflect do we continue doing this or not um, but yeah. we've engaged this young person in a, in, in his uh, missional way uh, so okay very good very this is really good could, could we come back specifically to the to the vr and the ar thing then and, and tell me you know you, you use minecraft in in that way mm-hmm. to you know help young people engaging like faith-based conversations how do we utilize VR and AR in mission discipleship? How do we do that in a youth group context? How do we do that in a school's context? Talk to us yeah. specifically about that. So the reason why we got to do VR and AR was a young person in a youth group uh, made it possible for us to meet his dad, who was a, gaming, a game designer. So we went to a youth group one night and said, hey, we're thinking about this whole innovation, technology changing, AR and VR what do you guys think? And he said, you need to talk to my dad. He's a game app designer from Lithuania. And he's got this incredible little office under his staircase, like Harry Potter's bedroom. And he's making all these games for his own company. And so we started to work with him and we started to build some ideas around a, creating a virtual resurrection of watching Jesus risen from the dead. And that was our first ever um, a, a virtual reality experience using the Google cardboard headset and the smartphone. And you can download that app today, MGVR, and away you go. Enjoy seeing Jesus risen from the dead. And it was designed to help us uh, visually show the example of resurrection. And we asked the question on the back of that, what do we need resurrected in our life? Is it faith, peace, love, joy, forgiveness? And then we talked about the forgiveness example of the resurrection through the cross and Jesus' death. Mm. And, and in that, we then created a school session that we've now visited a number of schools and we bring in smart headphones, um, smartphones, headphones, and the Oculus, um, not the Oculus yet. We haven't built it yet, but we're getting there. Um, the Google V2 headsets, and we are leading young people in an RE curriculum, reflecting on what does it mean personally, locally, and globally to see restoration and forgiveness. So and in, and it, the, the exciting thing is that on the back of that one app, the young person that put us in touch with his dad gave us the opportunity to work with him to build our first ever augmented reality app. And he built it. This young lad is called Vlad. Vlad built us the first ever David versus Goliath augmented reality app. (laughs) Imagine a portal door, like a normal door in your house. You walk through and you're into the world where David and Goliath fights happening. You've got to find five stones and then tap them on the screen and then flick the, flick the, the stone up at the Goliath's head like Pokemon Go. And the, <laughs> the intention was is to defeat Goliath. Now, we built into this game the program where you have to flick the stone up. You've got five attempts. We've got wind, speed, and distance, and the angle in which you angle your phone has to hit Goliath. If it hits Goliath, his health deteriorates. If you hit him in the head, it's biblical. It's one-hit wonder. It's, it's good. He falls to the ground. 
Do you then get to take his sword out and cut off his head afterwards? Or is oh, that... you see, we... <laughs> is, that too, is that too gory for the... <laughs> Well, if it went to that stage, we'd have had to make an 18 plus. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, and so we didn't. But the exciting thing in this game is we designed it in a way that meant that you could never always defeat Goliath. Because the thing we had to teach these young people of when they're faced with their Goliath is that you're not always going to overthrow your Goliath first time round. You've got to think about what does it mean to, to be embedded in a culture that is correct. So we looked at David's culture. We looked at the understanding of what he stood on. So godly culture that meant he had a godly attitude towards the Goliath. And we talked about when we were written at RE recession, because this is part of understanding Christianity. It's in the RE mm-hmm. curriculum, yeah, David yeah. versus Goliath. And we've put in there about what do we want to speak about when it comes to personal, local, and global Goliaths. And where do our voice, where's our voice coming from? What's the motivation of our voice? Is it something that's godly? Is it something that's secular? If it's secular, does it feed us enough to say no to that Goliath? If it's not, then it's not healthy. And this young person built it, and he's designed this wonderful app with us. And it set us off on this sense of, wait a minute, innovation came out of a generation. The opportunity of VR and AR for us came from conversation through a youth group session to young people and said, hey, what if we tried this and we empowered the church to do this? Would you think it's relevantly exciting to get involved? So Ben, this all sounds really, really great. So tell me this, for the youth leader listening who's, who's going, wow, this sounds cool. Um, this would really freshen up my uh, youth ministry. I can see that my young people would really engage well with this and would love this, but I've never done it before. I don't know what I'm doing. How and where do they start? Like, yeah. Give me a step-by-step guide f- from nothing to introducing some of these things into, into my own youth ministry. How do I do that? Yeah, so um, we have something called a VR and AR pop-up gathering where we can come and visit you and your team and give you a hands-on experience. And you get to explore all of the apps. And, and, and you can explore one right now. You can go to MGAR or MGVR on your app store, Android and iPhone, and download and experience it. You obviously, in VR, need a headset, but the idea is it's, it's so accessible. If you've got a smart device, you're 50% of the way there to using VR and AR. You just haven't unlocked the potential of what your smartphone can do. And young people have it, and they have got the opportunity to be missional in this. So you so, might so- get trained. Yeah, so 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 you can obviously you can come and 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 help us locally as youth groups. So you can come and do like a like an introduction, a training thing. But um, leaders can do this like off. They can access this stuff off their own backs as well, and and run it themselves, yeah. right? So how how yeah. if if because you can't be everywhere at once. So so how how would they do that if they're like, wow, yeah, I'd love to give this a go in in a few weeks' time. Um, yeah. Tell t- tell me how they do that. What 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 is the equipment they need? What headsets would they need? Mm. And what will they have have. Uh, what would they have to work through in advance in order to make sure that it's that it's going to work on the night? G- give, give me yeah. that. So youth working, go to our website and access a digital youth workers takeaway box. It's really cost effective because you can actually take this box and use it straight away. It's got a VR headset in there. doesn't have a smartphone in there, just to let you know. It has the ability to do the Good Samaritan in there, has the ability to, which is augmented reality. You have the opportunity to do David versus Goliath that's in there that's also augmented reality has the ability to see the resurrection experience in virtual reality and the Lord's Prayer in virtual reality. And uh, there's some other devotions in there as well. This is a starter box for you to get excited about it. 
And if you want, there's an offer you can use MG15, which is MG15, which gives you 15% off that box. And it allows you to explore the narratives of some of the Old Testament and New Testament stories. If you've got Christmas in mind in the year, you can look at our Christmas reality box and they've got some experiences there where you can bring the whole story of Advent alive and also a augmented reality gingerbread house and using the <laughs> narratives of the characters and what it means to use those means to communicate the wonders of the story. So it's really, uh, it's, it's right there on our website. You could just access it straight away. Or if you've got a smartphone now, you can download MG AR and uh, get in touch with us and we'll give you a sample session if you want to as well that's that's really helpful and what it so is it just one young person at a time that engages with it or like would you need like would the box allow like multiple young people to to do it if you had multiple headsets for example like what if they all downloaded the app on their own phones uh, how you know if if i've got let's say i've got a youth group of 15 people What's the best way for me to run a session? Talk me through how I might run a session yeah. with VR and AR uh, with a youth group of around 15, for example. Yeah. So, um, for instance, Easter, you could use the uh, virtual, resu- virtual resurrection experience. Every young person has a smartphone. They can download it, which is MGVR. They have to make sure your smartphone is um, within at least two years old because it needs something called a gyroscope, which allows you to move your head left and right, and it won't make you feel nauseous. So an app is on the phone, it's free to download. They need a headset for each phone and you need headphones for each phone. Because if you imagine everyone starting the simulation at the same time, it's gonna be very loud. And what you want is that experience where you are engaging with the young person because they need to know how it's possible to be run because they can go to their RE classes and say, hey, when it comes to Easter, can I host a virtual resurrection experience uh, at lunchtime Ah, or places or in their RE curriculum? So my hope is that these don't just become a lovely little thing that you do in a youth group, but it becomes a missional tool for them to go, hey, I could take this into RE curriculum and part of my Duke of Edinburgh award, I can host and plan something that allows a interactive learning experience and I can tick, tick, tick my hours, reflect back on it and boom, I've got it for Duke of Edinburgh and I've been evangelistic. And it allows them to then use this in uh, in their own youth group settings as well. Wouldn't it be amazing if a young people got excited about the resurrection resurrection experience in VR and then opened up their doors and advertised to local community young people come down and see the resurrection Jesus in virtual reality they experience it and then somebody gives a little short talk on the back of it and that would be a fantastic way for this to become missional and not just a gimmick in a youth group setting yeah 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 no I get that that's really good and that and like so if you're wanting to do it I I get you need to demonstrate it but if, if you're if you're doing it with a bunch of young people at the same time those headsets you say they're actually quite they're quite cheap, are they? Those they're um, five yeah. off our website, uh, or okay. even cheaper if you use MG15. But okay. definitely, <laughs> the, ob- the objective is everybody needs a headset, everybody needs a smartphone, and everyone needs headphones. Okay, and all really, what they the only thing they the young person doesn't have is a is a VR headset, which is the Google Cardboard headsets we've got. So it'll cost a youth group uh, fifteen times five pounds, and away they go. And our hope is that then we can start to see them grow in confidence in using it. Love that. And I can imagine you, you, you mix it into a session. So you might open the scripture together, read a passage, then you don your headsets, you, you yep. go through the experience, you take them off, you, you have a little talk, a chance to, to pray, to respond, and, and you could work that in 
even within a even within a, a message itself you could you know uh, you know do yeah. some teaching and then now we're going to have this experience and then come back to some teaching again and i i can see how that that would work uh, really well well um ben if people have questions and they're saying well yeah this is enough to get me excited and i, and I want to have a go but there's still some things i don't quite feel clear about how do they get in touch with you and ask uh, questions about how they can run a vr or ar experience with their young people Yep. So all they need to do is email ben at missionalgen.co.uk and title it VR and AR. What? Uh, and that would just be a great <laughs> way to find out. <laughs> so that's ben at missionalgeneration.com. Um, and, um, where, the, and then the, the subject, MG, um, VR and AR. What? And I'll just, I'll just keep searching for that in my emails. Okay. And but are you saying that if they don't put that in the subject, you're not going to reply? Is that no, is I will definitely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Well, Ben, thank you so much. This has been a really fascinating and stimulating conversation. And I can just see uh, youth workers' uh, clogs turning in their brains right now, thinking how might we use this in, in our context? And, and what a great thing it would be just to have a go and explore some of that and see how it helps young people uh, to meet with Jesus uh, and to follow Jesus. And to all of you uh, listening, today thank you so much uh for downloading the limitless leadership podcast uh don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you can get these conversations every month and if this conversation has been helpful to you and you think it would be helpful to another youth worker that you know then please do share it or you can rate and review it in your podcast app which just helps it to get uh, into the ears of the people whom it will help thank you more than that for everything that you do to invest in the lives of young people and to navigate all of these technologies and just the tricky world of youth culture right now. You know, the smile of God is over your life today. Mm. You are doing an important thing. So please just hear the voice of your father today saying, well done, good and faithful servant. And, and don't give up. Keep doing this youth ministry thing that you're doing because, wow, it's so important. What are we going to give our lives to that's more important than passing on the gospel to the next generation? So thanks for listening today. I look forward to seeing you at Limitless One on the 12th of February in eight locations around the UK. Uh, go check that out, limitlesselim.co.uk uh, forward slash one. And we will see you next time on the Limitless Leadership Podcast. <laughs>